this social contract that employees and organizations have had has been rewritten during the pandemic. And we're not talking about a contract that you sign, but a social contract between an employee and employer. Those unwritten rules that we agree to for mutual benefit, the unsaid things that employees and organizations do. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea? Not even sure where to start? I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. Welcome to this week's episode of You Belong in the C-Suite. What a transitional time we are in, in the world of work. Some are back in the office. Some are still working from home with impending dates for return to office. And others are still trying to find work after restructures or reductions in force. Whatever the situation, home and work mean different things now than they did pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic, many organizations didn't think remote work could possibly work for their organizations. Now, as those offices have sat empty, we know that it can. Many companies and employees have thrived. Whether you are yearning to get back into the office or praying that your company continues to offer remote working flexibility, we've learned something about what is possible. In this week's episode, we are talking about the great resignation. I'll be referencing multiple articles and you can find them all linked in the show notes. I'm also going to do my best to stay away from some of the words that you've heard so much, the new normal, Zoom fatigue, work from home, but I can't promise that I won't say them. So apologies in advance. In an interview with Bloomberg Business Week, Texas A&M University Associate Management Professor Anthony Klotz predicted the great resignation and coined the term. We're at this turning point where many employees have figured out what they want from an organization. And some of the things that were nice to have before are now non-negotiables. Different studies have predicted 30 to 40% of people would consider leaving their organization within the next year. Now, during my career, I've seen many organizational surveys. I used to manage surveys like that within big organizations. The questions researchers may be asking are something like, on a scale from one to five, do you agree with this statement? I intend to look for a new role outside my organization within the next year. 
Of course, all of the people who agree with that statement aren't going to actually leave, but it is an indicator of intent to leave, which should not be taken lightly. And 30 to 40% on a question like that in a survey is pretty high. So while 40% of people most likely won't leave, a high number will most likely consider it and other opportunities. So whether you're one of those people or not, the great resignation will most likely have an impact on you or your team. So why the great resignation and why now? Why are people considering leaving now? The world is different. In an article about the new social contract post-COVID from Bain & Company, they say that winning organizations will design a new social contract to outline future ways of working. It will form a commitment between the company and its employees. It won't be a new organizational design, but it will reshape the culture, management process, and decision roles. It may even foster purpose-filled career paths with endless opportunities to learn and develop. Doesn't that sound amazing? But not every company is doing this. This social contract that employees and organizations have had has been rewritten during the pandemic. And we're not talking about a contract that you sign, but a social contract between an employee and employer those unwritten rules that we agree to for mutual benefit, the unsaid things that employees and organizations do. For instance, organizations rent or own office space and provide employees a place to work and employees agree to come in and work from that office five times a week. Employees provide a service and in return get compensated with salaries and benefits. That's another example. The pandemic has pushed the edges of these traditional social contracts and also of the cultures of those companies. Some companies are itching to get back to pre-pandemic state, the five days in the office and the higher amount of work travel. And employees now have their own new set of non-negotiables, somewhat more flexibility on where they office, somewhat more meaningful work. Some want to see more connection from top leadership to employees and living the values of the company. Depending on what your organization is doing or not doing, rather, they may be impacted more through the great resignation because there are companies that are meeting the needs of those new social contracts. They are being flexible and people want to work there. So employees are going to leave those companies We're working within the old social contracts and buy new ones that match the lifestyle they want now. For others, it may not have anything to do with the company, but the pandemic has served as a time of reflection to understand what is most important. Employees are focusing on that and may be leaving because of that. I can say that in my experience, the great resignation isn't company, it's already here. Well, it already happened for me. I left a great opportunity in an organization that I had a lot of flexibility in, but I valued and wanted something different than what that job could give me. I wanted more autonomy and I wanted to live my values of growth, development, and advocacy in a different way to get more direct impact to advocacy. And for me, that looks like coaching women and marginalized individuals to get more diversity and authenticity in the C-suite. And to do that, I left a job in the C-suite. So the world has changed. I think we can all agree to that. The great resignation, or at least the great point of reflection is here. So what are you going to do in response? Today, I'm going to talk about three levels of response, the organization, the leader, and the individual level. 
First, at an organizational level, what did your organization do during and post-pandemic? What changed about the ways that you were working? And what are they going to do to retain the talent in your company? A Gartner survey of company leaders found that 80% allowed employees to work remotely for at least part-time during the pandemic, and 47% allowed them to work full-time from home. And in a recent flex job survey, 65% of respondents reported wanting to be full-time remote employees post-pandemic, and 31% wanted hybrid remote working environment. So that is 96% of people who wanted some form of remote work. How is your organization handling that? And does the organization know what its specific employees want? And more importantly, do they care? Did you take part in a survey about returning back to the office or your preference on flex days? Some companies are having a hard line of everybody back into the office. Some are choosing a hybrid model going forward. And some are foregoing renting office space altogether because they're going fully remote. What impacts will the decision of the company have on the future? For companies that are going back to the way it was before, they may face more turnover than others. They may want to enforce that old social contract, but employees may not be having it, and they will tell you through their actions, through lower engagement, and yes, even leaving for other opportunities where they can have that new social contract. And that's just talking about where people are working. We haven't even taken into account so many other factors like paid time off or other benefits. Now we'll talk about the second level, the leader level. You are a leader in your organization. You may have a small team or a big team, or you work in a smaller big team. And at that leader level, what are you doing to retain the talent in your team or those you work with? In my experience and in those leaders that I coach, this may mean spending more intentional time with people on your team, more frequent one-on-one meetings to understand what they want, more intentional time with them. Many years ago, I read a book called Love Them or Lose Them, Getting Good People to Stay by Beverly Kay and Sharon Jordan Evans. The synopsis of the book is to figure out what your good talent wants and give that to them before they give you a resignation letter and they're in an exit interview with HR. Traditionally, when an employee leaves a company, human resource will have an exit interview with them, basically a meeting about why they're leaving before they leave the company. But a lot of these conversations are masked with not real reasons why the employee is leaving. Like, you know, they had a better opportunity and just couldn't pass it up. They may give a few reasons what the company could do better, but it's sometimes hard to get true information about why someone is really leaving. Often, it's really the manager that they're leaving as opposed to the company. Occasionally, you will give somebody give you very honest and real feedback, but that's not always the case. But the whole point of the book, Love Them or Lose Them, is that if you have frequent conversations about the parts of the job that your employees do like, the things that they are loving, and do more of those things, that they'll be happier. They talk about having stay interviews as opposed to exit interviews. Now, I would not advise putting a stay interview on someone's calendar unless you want to induce fear and anxiety. You know, someone receiving a meeting invite that says stay interview may presume that they are in trouble or fear that it is actually the opposite intention. Instead, weave it into an existing one-on-one meeting or career conversation. What are they loving about their job? What support do they need? What else can you do to create more I love my job days for them 
How are they feeling about returning back to the office? Then do something with those responses. You may not be able to do everything, but you can take action on some of those things for them. Then you'll be on your way to building an even stronger social contract with that employee. I also think that you can do this within an organizational culture that is more traditional or regimented. As a leader, you are a decision maker and most likely have some autonomy to lead your team and create the culture that you want. Lastly, how are you responding to the great resignation at the individual level? I'd suggest that you start with some self-reflection. Answer the following questions. Are you getting everything you need from your organization? Do your values align with the organization? What does your perfect work week look like? How many days are you in the office or working from home? What kind of projects are you working on? What are your non-negotiables? Are they still the same as before or have they changed? Then, and most importantly, communicate what you need to the organization through a conversation with your manager. They will not know what you need if you do not tell them. Unfortunately, no, they cannot read your mind. And not every manager is going to ask you what you need. Stop waiting for them to ask. Just tell them. Tell them what you need. I recently had a conversation with one of the executives I coach. She needed a different working arrangement to meet family obligations. She would start earlier in the morning and then be available for her family after 3 p.m. She decided to tell her manager about her needs. Guess what? They said yes. Of course. And now that's the schedule she has. She had to reprioritize some meetings and delegate more, but that's the schedule she can have. What if she didn't share this information with her company? She'd be unavailable for her family and potentially unhappier, unable to get that need met. If your needs aren't met and you have multiple conversations with your organization and they can't meet your needs, then it may be a good indication that you should consider another employer that is able to uphold a social contract that you agree with. So here is your call to action. Do some internal self-reflection. As an individual, what do you need? And then most importantly, have a conversation with your manager about what support you need moving forward. Next. If you are a manager, check in frequently with your team. What do they need? What support can you give them? And take action on that. Asking and doing nothing is sometimes worse than never asking. Even if the great resignation isn't as big or as great as they are predicting it to be, the world has changed, expectations have changed, and it isn't too late to figure out how to successfully navigate it. And it will continue to evolve this new normal. That wraps up today's episode. Remember, your leadership belongs here. You belong in the C-suite. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care. <laughs>